Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Happy New Year. It is January 28th, 2021. Um, And uh, I got something, I don't want to say something a little bit different, but um, I got something for you guys today. So my pastor and I, Pastor Diaz, um, and one of my brothers in Christ, Matthew, we have been studying uh, the acronym TULIP, uh, the Doctrines of Grace of the Reformed Theology Camp. Um, and as you guys know, you guys know I'm a reformist. But anyway, we've been studying them and we've been putting together these 15-minute uh, sermonettes or 15-minute lectures, I guess you can call them. They're more lectures than sermons. Um, and I recorded and, uh, yeah, I wrote and recorded uh, P, the P for Perseverance of the Saints. And this is what I got for you guys today. So I hope you guys enjoy it and I also hope you guys are blessed with what you are about to hear. Misconceptions about perseverance of the saints and what it actually teaches are common. When we say that believers cannot lose their salvation, we are not saying that anyone who at one time in their life professed that they believed in Christ and thus now has a a salvation that they cannot lose. In all actuality, when Jesus says, depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you, that's what he actually means right he never knew them they were never a truly born again believer so those that fall away from christ were never of christ to begin with right perseverance of the saints in my opinion is not all that accurate of a label for describing this particular doctrine and i would be lying if i neglected to say that the scholar and theologian R.C. Sproul was the first to make this observation. And as a means to bridge what we have been learning about the doctrines of grace, I find it a necessity to connect our last doctrine of grace, irresistible grace, or as R.C. puts it, effectual grace, with what we are learning today. Right? As we learned last week, it is God who initiates the regeneration of our spiritual life and calls us to faith to be truly born again. And as we will see today, it is God who continues to sustain us by his power until the last day. Right? When we will As we learned last week, it is God who initiates the regeneration of our spiritual life and calls us to faith to be truly born again. And as we will see today, it is God who continues to sustain us by his power until the last day when we will receive eternal life and salvation in Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned before, Both R.C. Sproul and I agree that perseverance of the saints may not be the best of labels for this particular doctrine because the connotation and the illustration that it gives us is that by some means of ourselves, it is our choices, our will that keeps us persevering in faith until the end. Rather, 
and we will see this as we continue this discussion, it is God who sustains us by his power for salvation in him. Thus, preservation, preservation of the saints might be a more appropriate label. Where God is preserving the saints for a salvation at the very end. And we see an illustration of this in Paul's letters to the Philippians when he says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God began the work of regeneration in our lives, and he will continue to see that work through to its intended destination, which is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Right? Perseverance of the saints is the biblical truth that those that have been truly born again in Christ will endure in faith by the power of God until the end of their life, and they will receive eternal life and salvation with Jesus Christ. So let me harp on that just a few more times. Right, those that have been truly born again will have salvation. In other words, those that believe in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, those that have been effectually called by God, those that have been made into a new creation will they will inherit eternal life right this is the assurance that the bible gives us and contrary to popular understanding there are many areas in scripture that are very clear about this let's go through some of them john 3 36 whoever believes in the son has eternal life john 10 27 through 29 my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. John 6, 38 to 39. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This leaves us in a little bit of a debacle that we must reconcile. Right? What then happens to those that might profess belief in Jesus Christ, but, but may not be truly born again, called by the grace of God? Right? According to Wayne Grudem, those that have not been truly born again may exhibit signs that they might not be a truly regenerate person. Right? They may look like a Christian, they may talk like a Christian, but eventually they will fall away from the faith. Right? These people will not and cannot have any assurance of a salvation because they cannot have what they do not possess. 
They cannot have salvation because they do not possess a spiritual life that has been raised back up to life with Christ. And a major objection that an Arminian would look at to argue that a truly born-again believer can in fact lose their salvation is Hebrews chapter 6. And for the sake of time, I cannot provide you with a detailed interpretation of this text, but it is worthwhile to understand the general context as this is at first glance can be perceived as a major contradiction to this whole doctrine of perseverance of the saints. Right, the easiest and the most common interpretation of this text is this. If you are saved, then fall away. It is impossible for your salvation to be restored. Right, this interpretation is for the lazy and for those operating with bad hermeneutics. Right, the writer of Hebrews is in actuality speaking of those that may be or may have not been truly born again, but may have been around Christians, may even have an intellectual understanding of the gospel, and may even have been witness to the moving of the Holy Spirit. But the illustration that we get in verse 7 compares those that he is talking about in verses 4 through 6 to land that has drunk in the blessings of rain, but bears useless thorns and thistles. Right? In short, unbelievers, as the Bible makes it clear, uh, as the Bible makes it clear, that true disciples of Christ don't bear thorns and thistles as fruit of their labor. Rather, bear good fruit that is beneficial and that is useful. But I would encourage everyone to study these passages on your own. So let me address another major misconception regarding this doctrine. Right, This doctrine by no means gives us the assurance that all that are truly born again will not sin. By no means gives us the assurance that all that are truly born again will not face struggles and challenges in their faith. Rather, God's promise is that He will guard over us. His promise is that He will protect us, that He will keep us just as He kept His beloved, anointed King David when he fell to sexual immorality with Bathsheba and then conspired to commit murder of her husband. Yet David is described as a man after God's own heart. Right, and similar to David, we see the Apostle Peter's fall to serious sin. Right, Peter lived with Jesus, right, was in Jesus' close inner circle. So Jesus performed miracles, and even when asked by Jesus, he proclaimed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the true living God. And not much later on, Peter openly denies Jesus. Right, you would think that denying the Son of the Living God would be enough to get you cast out of God's beloved elect. But what we have to remember is that Peter was a regenerate, born-again believer. And while the seriousness of his sin is not to be taken lightly, we see Peter eventually come to repentance and proclaim his love 
and obedience to the Lord. Right? And because Peter was a regenerate, born-again believer, the power of God sustained him. Right? Peter perseveres as a faithful believer in Christ. And then Peter, in his very own words, Peter, in his very own words, tells us that we are kept for salvation, not by our own will or our own choices, but through the power of our God, just as he was kept by God, even through his fall to sin. Right? First Peter 1.5 says, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Right now, this illustration by no means gives truly born again believers the authority to sin, knowing that God is a God of forgiveness and of mercy. On the contrary, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So evidence of those that are truly born again are those that are faithful to God's commands and his will. And let me make this clear. Let me make this crystal clear. If you believe that your guaranteed salvation is a get out of jail free card or a license to sin, then that alone is a sign that you might not be a truly born again believer and the assurance of salvation may not apply to you. Those that persevere to the end are those that have been truly born again. And lastly, I end with this. Not only do truly born again believers have assurance in our salvation, but God gives us something else that provides us with even more evidence of our salvation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praises of his glory. We have been sealed. We have been sealed not to be reopened with the Holy Spirit himself. But he is our proof. He is our guarantee. He is our assurance that we will without a doubt be kept for salvation according to the work and will of God. Right? The Holy Spirit works within us while Jesus Christ works as our interceder to keep us enduring in our faith until the very end. And this is what he tells Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. But I have prayed for you, 
that your faith may not fail. Our assurance is that by the power of God, the prayers of intercession of Christ and the guarantor of our inheritance in the Holy Spirit, that if we repent of our sin, if we place our full faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and have been truly born again, that we have a miraculous, a miraculous salvation in our Lord. Amen. And grace and peace be with you all.